BJC and St. Luke's finalized their merger, creating a 28-hospital system across three Midwestern states. More Americans will pay less in out-of-pocket costs for insulin this year. And a new study finds an increase in adverse events at hospitals acquired by private equity firms. It's Thursday, January 4th. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson, and this is Just Healthcare Daily, where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in 10 minutes or less. The merger between St. Louis, Missouri-based BJC Healthcare and St. Luke's Health System in Kansas City, Missouri has been finalized, creating a combined $10 billion health system. The transaction, first announced last May, officially closed this Monday on New Year's Day. The new nonprofit integrated healthcare system is comprised of 28 hospitals and hundreds of clinics throughout Missouri, southern Illinois, and eastern Kansas. Its hospitals include Barnes Jewish and St. Louis Children's Hospitals, which are affiliated with the Washington University School of Medicine. The new system employs more than 44,000 people. Based on opposite sides of the show-me state, the system's markets do not directly overlap. It will operate as BJC Healthcare in its eastern region and as St. Luke's Health System in its western region. The new system is duly headquartered in St. Louis and Kansas City and will be led by BJC CEO Richard Likewag. In other merger news, Wisconsin Health Systems, Freighter Health in Milwaukee, and ThetaCare in Nina also finalized their merger at the beginning of the year, creating a roughly $5 billion system spanning from the central to southeastern part of the state. Many Americans who rely on insulin to manage their diabetes will pay less for the life-saving drug this year. Three major pharmaceutical companies, Eli Lilly, Sanofi, and Novo Nordisk, announced last March that they would drop the prices of several forms of their most commonly prescribed insulin by between 60 and 70 percent. Those changes officially went into effect on Monday, which coincided with a provision outlined in 2021's American Rescue Plan Act that that removed the statutory cap on rebates that drug manufacturers pay to Medicaid. Had they not dropped the price, the drug makers likely would have had to pay hundreds of millions of dollars to the federal government. Previously, the pharma companies implemented other cost-saving programs for consumers, with Eli Lilly instituting a $35 per month cap on out-of-pocket costs for patients with commercial insurance buying its insulin products at participating pharmacies last year. Novo Nordisk launched its My Insulin RX program in September that provides a 30-day supply of insulin for $35 to eligible patients, including those who are uninsured. And beginning on January 1st, all patients with commercial insurance will pay $35 per month out-of-pocket for Lantus, Sanofi's most widely prescribed insulin in the United States. Drug makers, as well as retail pharmacies and pharmacy benefit managers, have faced criticism from patient advocates and lawmakers over the steep cost of insulin in the U.S. According to the American Diabetes Association, around 8.4 million Americans rely on insulin to survive, 
and pay roughly 10 times more for the drug compared to those in other countries. And surveys have shown that roughly one in four Americans have rationed their insulin due to the cost of the drug, which can lead to severe health consequences, including diabetic ketoacidosis. There has been a broad policy push to bring down the out-of-pocket cost of insulin. Since last January, the monthly out-of-pocket cost of insulin has been capped at $35 for Medicare Part D beneficiaries through 2022's Inflation Reduction Act. And last March, the state of California signed a 10-year deal with Civica Rx to manufacture low-cost insulin for its residents, with a proposed out-of-pocket cost expected to be no more than $30 per 10 milliliters vial and no more than $55 for a box of five pre-filled pens, regardless of whether an individual obtaining it is insured or uninsured. Hospitals acquired by private equity groups saw an increase in adverse events, which include infections and falls, according to a new study published in JAMA in late December. The study was conducted by researchers affiliated with Massachusetts General Hospital, Harvard Medical School, Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center, and the University of Chicago. It examined more than 662,000 hospitalizations at 51 hospitals that were acquired by private equity groups compared with more than 4.1 million hospitalizations at 259 matched control non-PE-owned hospitals using 100 percent Medicare Part A claims data between 2009 and 2019. The study used difference in differences design to assess hospitalizations from three years before to three years after private equity acquisition using a linear model that was adjusted for patient and hospital attributes. Through their analysis, researchers observed hospital-acquired adverse events or conditions in slightly more than 10,000 hospitalizations. They found that in the three-year period following a private equity firm's acquisition of a hospital, that Medicare beneficiaries admitted to these facilities experienced a 25% increase in hospital-acquired conditions compared with those treated at control hospitals. They found that the increase in hospital-acquired conditions was driven by a 27% increase in falls and a nearly 38% increase in central line-associated bloodstream infections at PE-owned hospitals. The researchers noted that there was also a doubling of surgical site infections from 10.8 to 21.6 per 10,000 hospitalizations at PE-owned hospitals, despite an 8% reduction in surgical volume during that time period. However, the authors noted that the statistical precision of the between-group comparison was limited by the smaller sample size of surgical hospitalizations. Though the researchers found a significant rise in adverse events at PE-owned hospitals, they found that the rate of in-hospital mortality decreased slightly when compared to the control hospitals. Previously, other studies have found similar results. According to a study published in JAMA Network Open in April 2022, while PE acquisition of acute care hospitals had overall mixed consequences for patient-level outcomes, they were associated with moderate and consistent improvement in mortality among Medicare beneficiaries hospitalized with acute myocardial infarction. 
private equity investment in the healthcare sector has grown tremendously in recent years. PE firms spent more than $200 billion in healthcare acquisitions in 2021 and around $1 trillion over the last decade, according to analysis from the Commonwealth Fund. This is Just Healthcare Daily. I'm Jay Carlisle Larson. Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the program. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news at JustHealthcare.com. You can also get these insights emailed directly to your inbox when you subscribe to our newsletter, The Weekly Gist. The GIST Healthcare podcast is an independent production of GIST Healthcare, a Kaufman Hall company.